Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. Enjoy a drink with us while we tell you some wild stories of the brutal and bizarre variety. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we like to end our time with a chaser. So what cocktail did you prepare for us today, Jane? Um, I was looking for a cat-themed drink that will be explained a little later as to why I was looking for a cat. I found this cocktail and enjoyed the name. It's not really cat-themed, but it's related to cats. It's cat-adjacent. I'm hoping it tastes good. So... I got this drink. The name of it is the Lint Roller uh, from the Crazy Cat Lady. This one, this version is from YouTube. There were two different versions that I found that had slightly different ingredients, but I went with this one because I thought it sounded a little bit tastier. Um, But from the recipe that I used, it's two shots of rum. A half cup of pineapple juice, one tablespoon of sugar, squeeze of lime juice, and then garnished with shaved coconut. So let's make this drink. And uh, sorry if you can hear some scratching in the background. Speaking of cats, ours is trying to get into the recording studio right now. So if you hear some scratching on the door, that's it. Uh, just don't mind her. She's She's an asshole. All right, let's go with this drink. We got two shots of rum and a half cup of pineapple juice. Now, one tablespoon of sugar. I'm actually going to do a half tablespoon because a tablespoon seems like it might be a little too sweet for me. A little squeeze of lime juice. We're going to put that in a shaker and shake it all up. I like a cold drink, not a warm one. So let's give that a shot. All right, then we're going to Pour this out. Okay. And we're going to garnish with a little shaved coconut on top. We are ready. Let's taste this drink, Declan. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. I like that. It reminds me a lot of a painkiller. Yes. Not as much coconut, though, because it's just using shaved coconut for the garnish, but it's pretty good. So in... uh honor of this drink i thought i would look up a little bit of history of rum because i couldn't find a lot of history of the drink itself so (laughs) we're going with the history of rum because the drink has rum in it nice so short history of rum it was made it's made from processing molasses coming from the sugarcane processing so when they process sugarcane that They get molasses from that and then they process that more and it turns into rum. The origin of it is from the West Indies and it was first mentioned, uh, rum itself was first mentioned in 1650. So it's been around a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's a little bit of dark history associated with rum and that it uh, was associated with slave trading in America. Mm. Yeah, not real friendly there. Um, Apparently, they would take 
African slaves trade that for molasses. The molasses was then turned into rum. Rum was then traded back in Africa for more slaves. So it was just this big circle of that's fucked up. Obnoxiousness. Yeah. Yes. Um, diff- there are different types of rum that range in color from dark to light. And the flavoring depends on the types of yeast used in the fermentation and the amount of time that uh, it takes to age it. So let's get on to my little story. Yes. Let's hear your cat themed story to go along with the cat themed drink. Right. My story is about a cat. And so that's why I was looking for cat themed drinks, but came up with a lint roller instead. And we all know a lint roller is crucial when you own a cat. Yes. So my story is Oscar, the therapy cat. If you're a cat lover, you probably enjoy a nice snuggle with your feline or even a friend's kitty. Some cats can be so standoffish and rude that when the kitty finally decides you are worthy of their affection, that it might feel like winning the lottery. While other cats just can't wait for you to take a seat so they can grace grace you with all of their fur. But what if that visitation from that cat held a potentially deeper, darker meaning? Bum, bum, bum. Right. So the Steer House Nursing and Rehabilitation Center in Providence, Rhode Island, is a facility that believes in helping power of animals, and it is a pet-friendly facility. They specialize in treating patients who are at the end of their lives having various illnesses that may affect their cognitive abilities, including Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. They have room for over 40 human residents, and also have numerous animal residents, which include six cats. They have also had rabbit and dog visitors. The most notable animal resident is probably Oscar the therapy cat who lived his entire life in this facility. Oscar was adopted by the center as a kitten in 2005. A couple of years later, one of the doctors at the facility, Dr. Dosa, noticed that Oscar seemed to be paying special attention to certain residents. Dr. Dosa even wrote an article for the New England Journal of Medicine and later wrote a book detailing Oscar's unusual habit. Might wonder what that unusual habit is? I do wonder. Okay. Oscar was described by staff as not particularly friendly and would sometimes hiss at people. So basically a normal cat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, we all know those cats. We have those cats. However, what Dr. Dosa noticed was that Oscar often made a noticeable appearance uh, to nap next to residents who within a few hours would pass away. Oh, shit. Yeah. In a facility like a nursing home, it is, of course, expected that residents would pass away. However, Oscar seemed to favor the residents who might not seem to be worse off, but in fact were. For example, on at least one occasion, the staff noticed that more than one resident was declining quickly. Like room A was going downhill and room B was going downhill. If the staff put Oscar in the room with the resident they felt was going to die first, Oscar would not always stay there 
choosing to nap next to a different resident. So if the staff thought the person in room A was worse off and he went to room B, they would go get him and put him back in the room they thought was bad. Damn, they were trying to kill these people with this cursed cat. I don't think the cat was (laughs) cursed. He was just really intuitive. But the person Oscar chose was the one to pass away first, regardless of the perceived condition of the resident the staff felt was worse off. So if they kept putting him in A and he kept going back to B, the person in B ended up passing away before A did. Shit. So he was a really smart cat. It's like the kid from the sixth sense almost. Almost. (laughs) The staff started relying on Oscar and his senses. After accurately predicting 25 deaths, the staff would notify family members of the resident that Oscar was found napping with so that they could come say their goodbyes. They'd just call call you up, be like, hey, hey Oscar's cat. sitting next to your uncle. You might want to get down here in the next couple hours. I think they did. <laughs> I don't know what the conversation was, but that's basically what it sounds like. <laughs> that's funny. Oscar's story influenced some research papers, books, and even scientific-minded TV shows like Discovery's Weird or What show that detailed his abilities. He also inspired some fictional stories ranging from TV and movies to a Stephen King novel, uh, Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> King said that elements of the novel were inspired by Oscar. Sadly, Oscar is no longer with us. He lived his entire life of 17 years at the Steerhouse Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. He passed away after a short illness on February 22nd, 2022. Weird 222 thing. Yeah. I wonder if anyone chose not to nap next to him before he passed away. <laughs> and that is my story about Oscar, the therapy cat. Wow. That's wild. He, he's the angel of death for that hospital. Kind of. <laughs> the only cat you didn't want to see in your room. Right. The, but the... I think it would be kind of comforting because then you would know that it's kind of at the end. Uh, he better be know. a friendly ass cat if that's the last thing I'm seeing. That's all I'm saying. Maybe. So, Declan, what story of the brutal? variety do you have for us so today i will be talking about the butcher baker a serial killer from alaska one night in anchorage alaska cindy paulson was working the streets as a sex worker a truck pulled up and inside sat robert hansen who asked for her services that night Once she got into the truck, he pulled a gun on her and handcuffed one of her hands to the truck. He then drove her to a house where he chained her up and abused her for a few hours. After leaving her chained up for some time, he decided to bring her out to his remote cabin in the woods. That's never a good thing. No, you don't want to. You don't want to go see his cabin. Mm -mm. In order to get there, they must travel by plane. So he took her to a small local airport that he used to get himself to the cabin. When they got to the airport, 
Robert Hansen loaded her as well as several guns into his small airplane. While he was grabbing something from the car, Cindy noticed this and took advantage of her opportunity and jumped out of the plane and started running. Good for her. Yeah, that takes a lot of guts. I, yeah. I probably wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Robert noticed and chased her until she reached the highway. And then when she got to the highway, she looked behind and uh, he was no longer following her. That's good. At the highway, Cindy was able to flag down a truck who would take her to a motel nearby. When she got to the motel, motel there was a lady working at the front desk, and uh, she was very surprised to see a half-naked lady in a pair of handcuffs, uh, so she decided to call the police. That That's probably a good call, but I want to know, like, I... Could you imagine driving down the highway and seeing that and you're in your truck and there's a half naked lady with handcuffs standing on the side of the road? I hate to say this, but I don't think I'd be the one to stop and let her in. I just I'm not trying to have that kind of day. <laughs> it would be <laughs> it would be a weird conversation to have on the side of the road. Just uh, You could hop in the bed of the truck. You're not getting in the cab. <laughs> Tell me where you got to go. I'll take you down the road a little bit. There you go. <laughs> Uh, after the police were called, they interviewed Cindy and uh, decided to take her to the hospital from that point because she had pretty serious injuries sustained. And after hearing she was abused, they need to get any possible DNA or uh, evidence from the abuse. But uh, on the way to the hospital, Cindy demanded that they go to the hangar first. The plane she was loaded into earlier was still there, but the person who had loaded her into the plane was not. She identified the plane, and uh, while police were inspecting it, the airport security guard uh, came over to police and brought the license plate of the car associated with that plane. Yeah, you can identify with somebody real fast that way. Yep, that security guard was thinking smart. Yes. He, he noticed the. The driver of the car was acting very suspicious, so he uh, decided to take down his license plate number. Smart. So, police discovered the plane belonged to a local bakery owner named Robert Hansen. The police went to interview Robert at his home, which matches Cindy's description perfectly. During the interview, he dropped an alibi of his where he was hanging out with his friends. Uh, to which both people included in the alibi were able to confirm to the police. While Cindy's case wasn't the one that caught Robert Hansen, it would be used in court against him. Several months later, a construction crew unearthed the remains of 17-year-old Paula Goulding, as well as several shell casings from a gun shooting in the 223 caliber. The police sent the shell casings to a laboratory where it was determined that it matched the same rifle as the 223 shell casings discovered on the body of Sherry Morrow found months prior. Oh, so there's a couple with this same. Okay. Yeah, they, the body of Sher- Sherry Morrow was found by a couple of police officers who were hunting in the area. And they saw her boot sticking out of the mud. And uh, when they came back to investigate it, they found a couple of 223 shells near her. And they just happened to match the same ones that were found uh, at Paula Goulding's body. Good for the police 
bad for the bad guys. Yes. And uh, after the the two twenty three shells were matched together, this is when the police determined they were searching for a serial killer, and their number one suspect was Robert Hansen as the perpetrator. However, his alibi made it hard to prove, so the police brought in an FBI profiler named John Douglas, who was able to create a profile that matched Robert Hansen to the T. The police gave this profile to a judge who granted a search warrant to Robert's house where police would find a map showing 37 X's across Alaska, Oof, a two twenty three caliber rifle, and a necklace that belonged to Sherry Morrow. Those are all found inside of his house during the, the search. Oh. Yeah, not looking too good for Robert. No. Bye, Robert. While police were searching the house, Robert's neighbor came over to see what was happening. Uh, while talking to the police, the neighbor disclosed that her husband was friends with Robert and lied to the police about an alibi invo- involving Robert. Oh. This was the final nail in Robert Hansen's coffin. Yeah. Yeah. Robert confessed that he was kidnapping women similar to Cindy Paulson and bringing them to his remote cabin in the woods. He would release them into the Alaskan wilderness and hunt them like game. Oh, that's not nice. No, Robert's pretty fucked up, dude. Yep. Uh, He took a plea deal and he helped the police find 18 undiscovered bodies that were on the map. Totaling 17 confirmed victims that were found by the police. Uh, before Robert Hansen could show any other bodies, he died in prison in 2014. I don't feel bad that he died. Does that make me a bad person? Nope, I'm glad he died in prison too. <laughs> no 30, good final meals. 37 X's is a lot. Yeah, it's not confirmed that those were all like bodies but i think we can all assume probably especially if any of the other exes matched up to bodies that were found i would think the rest of them probably matched up as well yeah maybe he shouldn't have kept such a good record i know that that just kind of thinks seems like something you would keep in your head like a little mental note like hey this body's buried over here i but i guess they think that they're not going to get caught and they want to live in the moment of having done it. So well, it, if you've killed 37 people and have gotten away with it so far, I guess you'd, you'd feel pretty, pretty comfortable killing it at 38. Right. Right. we finished both of our stories yes it's time to move on to our chaser yes. our our light-hearted part of the story or our light-hearted part of the podcast where we tell you of good things to bring the bad things and bury them and a little bit down a little bit <laughs> what was what's your chaser for today Declan 
So my chaser is a little article I saw about ecstasy being used to treat PTSD and other illnesses. I didn't didn't fully read the article, but I just thought it was interesting. It's always cool to see uh, any drugs that could help with PTSD or I've heard a lot recently about the exploration of like street drugs, if you want to call it that, but ecstasy or Molly or psilocybins or mood altering type things being researched to assist with PTSD. So it'd be interesting to see what the research is showing. Yeah. Hopefully they can uh, come to some kind of conclusion to help with that disorder. Yeah. I know it's a pretty rough one. I definitely wouldn't want to have it. And I feel bad for anybody who does have it for the, whatever reason they, they do have it. So my chaser is a reel that was sent to me by a friend of a prairie dog in a little cage, like a hamster cage. Mm -hmm. And he's got a mouthful of grub. And he does a backflip and then claps for himself. <laughs> and when I saw it, I literally laughed out loud and smiled. So imagine a prairie dog with a mouthful of food doing a backflip and then clapping for himself. He was so proud of himself. Proud I was proud guy. for him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All righty, everybody. Thank you for checking out our second podcast. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. 